What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Geek News Live. My name is Rob. I'm your host. And welcome to the second ever episode of the Geek News Live. Today's date is June 23rd. 2017 and boy i just want to welcome all my geek friends to the geek news live where you get all your geek news right here and this is one of the only recorded podcasts that's actually broadcast live right now we're on twitch you can head over to thegeeknewslive.com and listen to the geek news live live or you can listen to it later and read the show notes uh, it'll all be up on the website shortly following this live podcast anyways i just wanted to start off today's uh today's uh episode um with uh, a quick little bit about spacex uh today if any of you are space nerds like me you know they successfully launched the falcon 9 rocket carrying the bull if i can get this right bulgaria sat the Bulgaria sat, I guess, a satellite into orbit from the Kennedy Space Center's launch complex 39A today. I have to give them a round of applause. That's right. It's their second reflight of the Falcon 9 first stage. Um, that What they did is, um, if, if you've been following them at all, they actually launched the rocket into space and they, and they land the first stage back on a barge out on the ocean. Um, the... Um, and they did that again today, and they actually relaunched this for the uh, second time, the second reflight of the first stage, and it landed on the East Coast drone ship that they call, and this is the name, it's called, of course, I Still Love You, and uh, what I don't know where that came from, and uh, all the history there, but anyways, they landed it successfully, and, it's exp- and I'm excited, and it's, it's an ex- exciting time for, uh, for space nerds like myself, so you can head on over to SpaceX.com and uh, check out all the details of that successful mission. And uh, I believe there's another one tomorrow, possibly. They're, they're like they're launching rockets left and right. Anyways, okay, so that that was just a little bit of exciting times. Uh, uh, the news that came out just a few hours ago uh, was spreading across the uh, the interwebs. There, um, just a little bit of update because uh, if any of you have been following along, it has been a little while since episode one. Uh, we're now in episode two, but there was a long break there. Why was there a long break? Well, I'll tell you why. Um, there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> A lot of craziness going on here in my life. I got married, first of all. Let me just say that. June 3rd was the big date. Uh, I got uh, married in Pennsylvania. Um, There was just a lot of planning, coordinating, uh, a lot of family coming in. You know, there was just... If anybody's been married or, or planned a wedding, you know there's a lot that goes into it. And I'll be honest, there was, I did not think there was going to be that much going into this <laughs> this event. For just a few hours, you would think how much could possibly happen, but uh, wow. It was um, it was just nonstop planning for a long time there. Up until the last minute, we're making final decisions and coordinating schedules and, and making you know song choices and placement and decorating, and it was just insane. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from the podcast. I know I... I, I <laughs> How do you start something and then just put the brakes on for a little bit? But and then immediately following the the uh, the wedding, um, we literally got married on a Saturday. Came home Sunday, washed our clothes, repacked. Monday we were right out the door, headed to Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. And let me just tell you, that's an amazing place. It was the first time we ever experienced um, an all-inclusive resort, and that was really cool. If you've never done that. Spend the extra few bucks and do it because let me tell you, the money you save on all the drinks and food and activities, 
Yeah, it pays for itself. There's no doubt. We literally show up and they're like, hi, this is Franklin. This will be your butler. And I'm like, a but butler? <laughs> I've never had a butler before. I had a two-bedroom uh, suite with two bathrooms. I never had a, a, a hotel room with two bathrooms. So it was a swim-up room. And we, we kind of went all out. It was our honeymoon and everything. Uh, it just... If you've never done it, give it a try. We were in Punta Cana. We went to the Majestic Mirage is what the hotel. It just opened up in December, so it's kind of new. And boy, I tell you what, we had a swim-up room. You just walk out, you jump in the water, and, and your way you go. And I just, man, it's hard to hard to go from that life back to real life. It means going back to work and unpacking and putting things away from the wedding and the honeymoon. And just, you know, ugh, it's like culture shock all over again. It's like, what just happened? I'm just like, my head's spinning, you know? It was like literally just like 100 miles an hour to plan for the wedding. The wedding seemed like it went, and the reception was over in a blink of an eye. And then we go on to our honeymoon, which get to slow things down a little bit. And then it's like, that's like the calm before the storm coming back. And, I, and let me give you another little tip of advice. If you've never, uh, you know, done this, I think I think you'll, you'll actually appreciate this. Or if you have done it, you'll appreciate it. Um, just... Take a day off when you get back because you need an extra day. And I tell you, that was the best thing ever. We literally came back, landed. The next day, it was like, I don't have to go to work. It was a Monday, and I hate Mondays anyways, so that was wonderful. So anyways, we we did that. Uh, so my I have now a family. I've got a wife. It's, really, it's, it's exciting. Exciting times here, um, but also... A, a lot of work at the same time getting, you know, just, it just creates, it's just new things, uh, new territories, uh, saying the word wife instead of girlfriend or fiance. It's just, ah, uh, it's just, it's, it's really cool. And, and don't get me wrong here, but it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a bit of a culture shock, but, uh, you get used to it. It's like anything you get used to, it. but, um, anyways, enough about me. And we are now back, back on regular schedule. We got a show here for you and let's get right into the headlines. Uh, and, and number one here on the list is an interesting one I found over at geek.com. It's, uh, a burger robot that um, is literally taking jobs from people, <laughs> all these entry-level jobs. It's like, um, we, we don't want to take the jobs, but, but these companies want to be more efficient, and they want to, you know, be able to, you know, whip out these burgers in rapid time. So this burger robot here is is basically taking over the fast food industry. It's a new robot that can make, get this, a whopping 400 hamburgers an hour. 400 an hour. And you know what? It makes probably no mistakes and doesn't complain about anything. It just keeps going. It's made by a company called Momentum Machines, which raised in somewhere in the ballpark of $18 million to build these machines. And there was a lot of interest, as you can imagine. A lot of times, you know, new new kids, you know, these days, they want to work. They want, they want jobs. They want the money, but they don't want to work hard. They don't want to, you know, really put in the effort and the long hours and working on the weekends and stuff. It's just not fun, right? So, in, especially in areas where they're having a hard time filling these positions this is really going to come in handy but then the the places where they can fill the positions and you know they have these machines that can work so much harder it's like it's gonna be tough i don't know i don't know how this is gonna play out but they raised 18 million dollars for this stuff they're created it's created to help staff the fast food restaurants which apparently can be hard to keep staff in some areas i'm sure nobody wants to work so robots do the jobs without breaks, without complaining, and a company can buy one of these machines that will whip out a ham 400 hamburgers an hour for around $30,000. 
for a big company, $30,000 isn't that much of an investment. I mean, it's, it seems like a lot of money. That's like a, a nice car, right? But it can pay for itself in no time. I mean, it easily pays for itself, right? So you just invest $30,000 and you've got 400 burgers an hour. As long as you can sell those 400 burgers an hour, I guess it's not really an issue. I don't know. I, I would have a hard time selling 400. I would think 400 burgers in an hour. You better have a, a heck of a business. You're gonna be wasting a lot of burgers. And I don't know, that could come back to bite you. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. So, uh, you can see the link in the show notes there. And on moving on, there is another, uh, cool little gadget that, that they've invented that can desalinate seawater using the power of sun of the sun. Now, Anybody who's been, you know, you've seen these movies where people get stranded on islands and they dehydrate and they don't have water, but yet there's tons of ocean water. Okay, that's great, but it's got salt in it. You can't really drink that. It'll dehydrate you really fast. So you got to get the salt out of the water, but how do you do it if you don't have power, a full fancy machine, you know, you don't have batteries and all this. Well, this machine can do it with the power of the sun, apparently. Um, it's you. It, it used to take... It used to take a lot of work to, you know, to you got to have to power uh, the boiler, boil the seawater, you have to cool it down, you take the steam. Uh, apparently, this is, there's a whole process to it, and I don't really understand it exactly, but to get pure water from salt water, it's not easy. But the folks over at Rice University, um, smart, smart people at Rice University, found a way to do it using a fancy machine and the sun. The technology is called, if I can get this right, nano photonics enabled solar membrane distillation <laughs> that's a mouthful say that five times fast nano photonics enabled solar membrane distillation or NESMD for short it's an acronym there um, and apparently it does it by taking water vapor that's flowed across a membrane from the hot side to the cold side, and the salt is strained in the process. And I'm not going to do a very good job of explaining it, so I won't try. But just know this, it's <laughs> it uses a lot less energy. It's combined with some commercially available uh, membranes and the nanoparticles that convert light into heat. And voila, you've got fresh water. The membrane itself apparently heats up so you don't need to, you know, you don't need a, a steady hot water source apparently. The membrane gets hot, the water flows across, it strains out the, uh, the, the salt, and you've got fresh water on the other side. I don't know how well this works, how fast it is, I don't know much about it, but you can head over to Engadget.com and read all about it. And, and I'm sure we'll hear more about this in the future because it, sound, it sounds pretty cool and it could, you know, if it's portable enough, it might be something that... Uh, we you could use keeping your bag, especially if you're going to be out on the beach or you know you're going to be out hiking or something. And you know I don't I don't know. It depends on where you are really, because if you're um, if you're not near salt water, maybe this won't be so um, handy to you. I, I grew up you know well away from salt water, but it would have been ha handy to have something like this you know that um, for fresh water you know because you don't really want to drink fresh water either if you just find it. You really want to get it you know you want to clean that stuff. There could be a lot of bad uh, you know particles in there and stuff that make you really sick. I guess if you had to drink it. You do what you got to do, but it, it could uh, it could mess you up and um, cause more problems down the road. So I don't know. Interesting stuff uh, there. So moving on, we um, uh, we could all be taking a talking, excuse me, talking another language without even trying. And um, the way um, we learn languages nowadays, uh, you know, it, it can take a lot of time. You have to buy the software or go get, um, you know, like 
uh, what do they call? What do they call it when you when you go to a country and you're um, submerged, you know, immersion or whatever into another country, into the language that they're and they say that's the best way to learn. I don't know. You go you go study overseas and it's like everybody around you is talking this this language, so um, you you're like forced to learn it. Really, well, what if you could learn it um, a, a lot quicker and not even really try? And it almost sounds too good to be true, but there's a startup company, and and they have a clever name called Babylon. Babylon. <laughs> um, they're creating a device that really you, it takes your voice and it translates it into any language of your choosing, and the output it actually sounds like you. It sounds like you speaking the language that you choose. You speak English, of course, into it, and out pops Spanish or French or German or whatever you want it to be. Um, it just, it sounds, I, I don't know. I mean, it's amazing what technology, what they can do nowadays. Um, but you wear this, uh, the pic, there's a picture of it, uh, over on engadget.com, um, that shows, uh, you have this headset, I guess, um, that you, it's like a, I don't know, almost like a set of headphones in a way. And it has this probe that sticks out in front of your mouth. And there's like a laser that lines it up with your mouth. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. And I'm sure, you know, eventually when this product actually comes out, it'll probably look a lot different. It'll be so, you know, it, it, the, the prototypes are always, you know, a little rough around the edges, right? But you wear this on your head. The probe sticks out in front of your mouth. Um, it records your voice and then it plays back your voice your same voice, um, speaking a different language. Um, for, you know, the, the company's long-term goal is um, for you to translate your voice in real time. So literally, as you speak, it comes out in real time in Spanish or whatever you choose. Um, so you can actually hold a conversation with somebody um, wearing this device. Um, that that sounds amazing. And for people like myself that used to travel, I think uh, that would be you know phenomenal. Um, you could. Finally order that, that cheeseburger you want or, or ask where the bathroom is without having to look up in your little, you know, on your phone or asking, you know, trying to find somebody who knows English because you, you can't do it. If you had this device, you just walk right up to them and you say, hey, where's the bathroom, man? And it'll come out, donde esta el baño, you know, or whatever, you know. So um, right now they're they're working on, you know, some more basic concepts. Uh It'll be used for uh, like dubbed uh, films. You know, you go to the movies that are dubbed over into say Spanish or English or whatever and you have subtitles well this thing would be able to translate in real time so you could hear I guess it would be the idea is my understanding uh, what's um what, what's actually being said in the movie um are also in video games if you're like playing uh foreign games that are in a different language and you know it's kind of hard to understand so you, this could help you out a little bit right uh, they're way in the early stages right now um but you know it's gonna it's going to evolve over time, and, and they say their goal is to have that real-time translation using your voice and not a robotic voice that comes out. So, I don't know, something to keep your eye on. Uh, the company, again, is called Babylon. Uh, you can head to Engadget.com uh, and uh, check it out. i got a link in the show notes, of course, after this. Um, I'll post them up on thegeeknewslive.com, and so you can... Uh, check it out if you want to read more about it. Now, that is all I had for today's show, and it's a little short right now. Uh, we're running a little short on time. Uh, we're actually not running short on time. We, The the, the podcast has run short, but um, that's, you know, expected. Uh, I, I didn't really have a whole lot planned. I just want to get something out there. You know, it's been a while since 
I've ha- I've had the uh, the podcast going here, and I was like, I've got to get something out there. You know, it's been so long, and and you know, there's so much uh, in technology that's coming out. And I want to read you just just one more small little article, um, if I can pull it up real real quick here. Uh, I'm actually doing this as we speak. Yeah, this is a live show, right? You can you can um, do whatever you want to do. But apparently, Apple is building a new store, and this is uh, this won't be in the show notes. I could add it in the show notes, but um, it's uh, Apple's um, apparently building a new store, and I forget where this is at, but it's they're they're getting um uh, they're thinking outside the the box even more. I guess I don't know. They're trying to get creative with their storefronts, and they want something that catches the eye. And it looks like they're making a gigantic laptop. This is going to be the storefront, gigantic MacBook Pro. In fact, it looks like, and there's uh there's pictures and video on Gizmodo.com of. Of them putting the Apple logo sticker on the top of the gigantic, they they say they estimate to be about a ten foot wide uh, decal, and it's going on the top of of this MacBook, and it's it's kind of weird to see these guys. They got like four guys like like walking with this gigantic Apple sticker, and you can see it kind of blowing in the wind, and it's they're putting it down. But apparently, reports say it disappeared off the. <laughs> The laptop, you know, just a you know, short time later. So uh, they must not like the placement or it was too small. Maybe it wasn't the correct sizing. I don't know. I was trying to figure out where this um, store was at. I want to say Chicago for some reason, but I could be wrong. No, I don't see it here. Um, anyways, um, it's something interesting just to, to read and, and see. Um, I'm a big Apple fan. Yeah, behold Chicago. Chica- they're calling it Chicago's terrible Apple store. No. I don't know. I guess it's they these people are kind of partial to the the giant cube in New York, um, which I've seen that in person, and I I don't know. I like it. I think it's cool to you know kind of do something that catches people's eye, right? That's how you get business. And it always it always drives me crazy when I'm I'm literally out and about trying to find say a restaurant or a store, and you can't find it anywhere. It's like hidden and. There's no sign, or if there is a sign, it's microscopic, and you're trying. It's hidden behind another store, and if you, if you just don't know where you are, you can never find it. I'm like, how do these people stay in business? I, I really don't get it. I'm like, how do you stay in business if nobody can find your store? You've got to have signage, signage people. You got to be able to, you know, yeah, you have a great website, you have a great Yelp review, you know, Instagram is is popping, they're tweeting stuff, but. If nobody can find out where your location is, they're going to give up after a little while. you got to be able to see it. So I don't think this is a bad idea. Apple Store is going to make a big, giant laptop. That's what people are going to see. They're going to go take pictures of it. It's going to make it's making news right now. They say um, even bad press is good press for people, right? So even if people are making fun of their giant laptop, you know what? I did not know there was a store in Chicago until I saw this. So now I know if I'm in Chicago, I can go find the giant laptop and go to the Apple Store, right? So it's all in how you look at it. I, I don't know. I I. I People complain about anything, right? So, whatever. Um, let's see here. I'm just scrolling through a little bit. See if there's anything else new. They're doing. Uh, Gizmodo's doing a review of a 15-inch laptop here. It's a Samsung Notebook 9. Sounds interesting. It's funny how the laptops have uh, started looking like the MacBook. They're all the aluminum bodies and everything. Kind of cool. Anyways, I won't babble on too much longer. Just wanted to uh, give you some a little bit of news here. So um, scroll around, see what you find out there. We'll be back again uh, real soon for another episode. But before we go, before we go, I always like to do one little bonus question. 
and see if uh, you guys can, uh, if y'all can know the answer. And it's all, it's usually space related. I'll give you this. It's always going to be space related. I'm a big space nerd and I like all that kind of stuff. So right now I'm going to go ahead and uh, give you a little, little trivia question. I'll give you a little time and there's a, a follow on to this question too. So stay tuned for that. Okay. How many total space shuttle missions were there? Does anybody know? How many total space shuttle missions were there when the space shuttle was flying? Of course, we all know the space shuttle is no longer flying. They decommissioned it. They are in museums. In fact, right over the road, the Discovery, I've seen it several times at the uh, Air and Space Museum um, in Chantilly. Um, there's, you know, it's the, it's like the uh, Smithsonian that's away from D downtown DC. You really have to almost know about it, you know, to go see it. But uh, anybody know how many total space shuttle missions there were? This includes early days, going to the Mir space station, you know, um, launching satellites, repairing uh, tele the um, the big telescope. I'm going blank real right now. But anyways, going to the International Space Station, uh, building and, and and spacewalks and everything. Uh, total grand total. Anybody know? The answer is 135. 135 space shuttle missions total. Um, was flown, and does anybody know the name? You know, each shuttle has their own name. What was the name of the last space shuttle to fly? I actually, this is the only space shuttle I saw in person on the launch pad. I went uh, to Kennedy Space Center and uh, got to see it from a distance. Uh, actually sitting on the launch pad, ready to go, and I was a kid in a candy store, as you can imagine. Got my picture with it from like miles and miles away, but hey, it's okay. I tried to take a tour that lets you go right up to it, and of course it was sold out. It's like the most popular thing to do, I guess, at Kennedy. Uh, but anyways, if anybody know the last space shuttle to fly, it was the Atlantis. The Atlantis space shuttle was the last one to fly. And uh, it was such a sad day for a lot of people. I know there's a lot of crew that work on those space shuttles and keep them uh, maintained. And, you know, they clean them up and fix the tiles and, you know, just do all the work on them. And, and they did it for many, many years. And after that that flight, um, they had to decommission them, take them, you know, basically make them where they won't fly anymore. Take all the, you know, the expensive guts out of them and stuff and get them ready, uh, prepped for the museums. And I'm sure it was a sad day for a lot of people. But um, with that, I think we are about done. I want to thank you all for joining me live, for all you that joined live. And if you didn't catch it live, I hope you'll head over to thegeeknewslive.com and uh, listen to the recorded podcast, or you can also catch it on iTunes. But for now, my name is Rob. I'm your host, and we'll catch you next time here on The Geek News Live. <laughs>